Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kuzmeski. Today, our guest is Moira, who also goes by Lynn Dichter. She is on the highest rated radio show in the state of Florida called The Phillips File, and I am so excited to talk with her today. So welcome, Moira. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So how did it come to be that you became, in my, in my opinion, and, and probably others too, one of the most famous and recognizable voices in radio? How, how does this come to be? And how long have you been well, doing I, it? I, Just, think you're being, I think you may be a little too kind. I don't know if one of the most recognizable, one of the most recognizable voices in radio, certainly in Central Florida. I would say that, um, and of course, our, our show now is podcast everywhere and is you know all over the internet and all that. So you know we do get listeners from a lot of different places. I've been doing this for 35 years, and I have been Moira for most of that time. Um, and I started out just as a news person thinking that I was just going to do news. And it turned out that there was a niche that I stepped into probably 25 years ago now. And I've been, quote, Moira ever since, or Orlando's favorite Jewish mother or whatever you want to say. <laughs> and I have been, you know, my character, if you will, has morphed into my radio presence has morphed into really just an exaggerated me. And because my voice is so recognizable, um, it does indeed, you know, it sometimes comes back to bite me. But for the most part, it's really (laughs) flattering that we have so many listeners who are so dedicated to following us and have for many years. So why do you think that there are so many followers of the radio show? Talk a little bit about what you guys discuss and sort of why people uh, have listened to this show for so many years. Yeah, we have we we used to describe it as as the Seinfeld of the radio. We talk about nothing. We talk about everything. And there's you know the Jerry character is Jim and the Elaine is me. And then there's Kramer and and George who you know are the other two players on our show. That's the that's the makeup of our program. Uh, Jim is the host, the Phillips file. He's the Phillips part. And then. There's me and uh, Moira, and then there's Jack and Pinkman um, are the other two players. And it's, then we have a lot of bit players who do games and all this other stuff. People, when it is local radio, you know, they feel like you are a part of their life. And they, because we are absolutely, we call ourselves real radio. And so much of that is true. We are real, genuine people. What you hear us do, in our case, between three and seven, is legitimately who we are. Maybe a little exaggerated, but we do not go on there and espouse comments, opinions, uh, stories that are not true. So when people have followed us for so long and we are a familiar voice to them and we're in their cars every day or their houses every day, they feel like they know us. And I think that's a big key to our success is the legacy that you know people, their kids grew up listening and now the kids are listeners. So we have been there so long. I mean, it makes me sound like I'm 100, but yeah, we have been there so long and have been a team so long and we know how to do that dance so well that people are there because they, they want to hear our take on stuff, whether it's local, national, global, personal, you know, because we are, we do reveal a lot about ourselves over the course of the year, certainly. So they feel like they know us and it's, it's a really nice, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice feeling. 
Well, it sounds like what you're saying is that people trust you, that they they feel like, you know, you're, you're part of their lives, but there's some sense of trust. And that leads me to a question, which is there are some things going on and in, in sort of an assault on the media right now um, because perhaps they're not a trusted source. And, and I, there's all these alternative facts and things that are coming out. How do you guys what do you think about this and how do you talk about it on your show? We, uh, you know, because I came up as a news person, um, it is it is really offensive that there is now this trend of don't trust the media, fake news, you know, calling out uh, legitimate news sources uh, for being not, you know, not on the up and up in some way. Um, and these are legitimate news organizations that have been around for decades. So in our case, I think they do trust us. Um, we give our opinions. And believe me, they don't always like my opinions. Um, they think that I am just a crazy liberal voice in a sea of right-wing Republican talk radio. And they often don't know, the listeners don't know, and we get nasty email, they don't know what to make of it. But they know, but I have not changed my approach to whether it's politics or social issues or those kind of things. They know that that's where I'm going to fall on the continuum. So they they trust my opinion. Now, they're not trusting me as a news person, per se, like I used to be. A news person, you give the five, you know, who, what, when, where, why, and how, and you don't give your opinion. Now I'm certainly a different person on the radio. Now I'm not Lynn, the news person. I'm Moira, the, you know, the player, the entertainer, the content provider, the, the part of the file. Now, because of that, um, they look at me and listen to me in a different way. Now I'm, I'm free to give my opinion, and I'm not shy about doing so. So, yeah, they may trust me, but they know what they've got there. After all of these years, they know I'm not going to be, uh, you know, I'm not going to give them and blow air up their skirt and give them a different opinion when this is really who I am genuinely in my core. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so that's that's it. I, I think that, you know, the opinion, um, the pundits, you know, the opinion people who, who are espousing on their soapbox, you know, every night on the news, you know, that's one end of the media. The reporters who are covering the stories are another end of the media. So I think often those lines are blurred. You know, in my career, I've been on both ends of that continuum. And now I'm in, at the, in the opinion sort of entertainer end of things. Like, you know, some of the news people try to ride the fence and it's, it's, it's nearly impossible to do so. Either you're a reporter who is objective, who writes for the newspaper, who whatever, and you give your or you give your opinion. If, if it's in the newspaper, it would be somebody who writes an editorial, you know, or a column where they're espousing their opinion versus somebody who covers a fire. You know, that's not an opinion. It's the facts of the building burning you know, or whatever. The guy who writes the column, though, about the local school board, it, you know, and, and how they're not funding education or whatever, and how appalling that is, once they start with their opinion, that is on the other side of the fence. And that's where I am now. You know, but for many years in my career, I was on the legit news reporter anchor side where you don't give your opinion. And you do everything you can to weigh both sides and to interview both people and to make sure that you have an accurate, objective approach. And I, I think that there are people who are blurring those lines and throwing all of, quote, the media into a pot of their, you know, their fake news. I'm not going to talk to you. You're going to be shut out. You're blah, blah. And that's, that's really scary to me and really offensive. 
It, it, it is absolutely scary. I mean, we've got the First Amendment for a reason, and we, sure. you know, but but the idea what you're talking about is when you're reporting the facts of a fire, they are the facts, and when you're giving your opinion about how the fire started, those are those are two different things. And I, I think that we still have to have this media. I know we have to have this media that presents the facts as they are as it is in truth. And this whole thing has been blurred by this concept of alternative facts. But at any rate, uh, back to you. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You get me wound up on that whole thing. You know, you show a picture that shows a crowd. Okay. That's a fact. You know, you can't make that up. This is the crowd. This is what it looked like then. This is what it looked like now. And you show those two things next to each other on a screen. But there are people who will not believe the facts as they are presented by a regular straight up news reporter because they, that is not their opinion. And that is, you know, where we start to blur the lines. And that's where, you know, it gets into a, a bit of a, you know, it gets muddy and it gets into a kerfuffle that I, I don't, I don't really know how to, you know, how to, how to clear it up. It, it's so muddy now between what is fact and what is, as you say, alternative. There's no alternative fact. I know, right? Yeah, I mean, that's not a fact. An alternative fact. The sky is purple. Well, you could say that, but that's not right. You know, so it's like, okay, you know, go on. Tell me the sky is purple. But I'm looking. I see it's blue. It's no, mm -mm. So, yeah, that's, that's always so weird to me. Yeah. So I know that, you know, you have said to me before offline that that uh, you have one of the best jobs in the world, right? Or the best job in the world doing what you do. But I do. Here, you know, here it is. I work with people I love every day. I laugh every day. I talk about different things every day. So it's always interesting it's, to me, always different and keeps me sort of on my toes and requires me to be up on the you know, the news or up on whatever is, you know, happening, current events, let's say. So yeah, that to me, the best job on the planet. I work with people I love and I laugh every day. So you're at a position now of great success, but if you were to give advice to someone who is looking, maybe not to be in the radio business or do exactly what you're doing, but I know you had to overcome some struggles and some things. What are some of the takeaways that you have maybe that you can share with our audience of some of the things that helped you get to where you're at today? Mm, I think you cannot sell yourself short. I think you have to recognize your value and you have to uh, not be shy and or intimidated um, in presenting that to those people who can give you a raise, give you a better shift, give you a, you know, a, a more prestigious time slot or something in my case. You know, I have had to deal with, you know, primarily men in my career who um, either don't recognize what I do as valuable or don't understand what I do as the second banana, you know, on, on the program. So I would advise people if they're coming up into radio or my two daughters, you know, who are starting in careers very different from mine, uh, don't sell yourself short. And by, by tooting your own horn, you're not being a braggart. You are being, you know, that's what men do. That's how men get successful. You know, they tell people what they've done. They talk about how they have been successful and that ends up coming back to them in, in the case of promotion and or salary or, or position. And, and that's what I would advise. Uh, there's a young woman who works on an earlier radio show who is the same age as my oldest daughter. And, you know, I say she's my work daughter. And I hope that she can stand on my shoulders and doesn't have to fight the fight to sit in the lead chair that I've had to fight. 
you know, I've had men tell me, you can't be the lead of this talk show um, because you're a woman. And I would hope that when this other young woman who was on another program, you know, is in the business for enough time that she or her, her the, the main host leaves or whatever, I hope that the next generation can stand on our shoulders, my shoulders specifically, because I'm the only other woman there, and she will be afforded uh, a lot more respect and opportunities than I was. Yeah, you make some really good points. I mean, there there's still so many things happening today that we thought we were sort of over, but uh, and we're not. Um, it keeps no, coming no, back we're up. We're definitely not. We're definitely I mean, not. The, the salary is not equal. The position is not equal. The promotions are not equal. You know, they. It, you know, it, it was the case when I started in the you know early eighties, and it unfortunately is still the case. We've come a long way in some things, but mm, not totally where we should be. So talking about, you know, talking about your successes, I'd like to hear from you what you think is one of your biggest successes. I know that you've got sort of a a public platform now because of your radio show. Have there been some things or change that you have um, been able to participate in? You know, what do you suggest? uh, What do you tell us is your your biggest success so far? Um, I think that, you know, again, I don't want to downplay my part in it. But, uh, you know, there are two things that come immediately to mind. One of them is our embracing of diversity um, and our welcoming of, even on our program, people who are different. I mean, uh, my religion is different from everyone else's. We have gay people who are are movie reviewers. Um, We have different people from different, you know, different social groups, right, who are. And I think that the embracing of diversity is something that I have been a big part of. We have people because I, you know, am uh, clearly Orlando's favorite Jewish mother, if you will. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I use expressions and I come at it with a very, I don't want to say a very Jewish point of view, but, a, you know, I, I come across as very ethnic, you know, at times. And I use Yiddish words, for example. And what, nothing gives me more joy than to hear a, uh, you know, a, a good old boy, you know, who may never have even met a Jewish person, use a Yiddish word that I have taught them over the years <laughs> and use it in context. You know, I get special joy out of that. You know, when they talk about, you know, they were dragging their bags in and they say, oh, I was schlepping my stuff. And I'm thinking, OK, perfect. You know, here's this good old boy who doesn't know a Jew, for, you know, wouldn't know a Jew if he saw us tripped over me. Right. And he is using Yiddish words in context. That gives me special joy. And it also gives me special joy that we have maybe made baby steps toward opening people's eyes about people who pray differently, who love differently, who, um, you know, may not be cut out of the cookie cutter, you know, mold. And that that is something where I think I may have moved the needle in some way. Yeah, I, after 30 years of being on the radio and, and doing the things that you've been doing, I imagine that you've moved the needle more than a little. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Than- I, I would like to think that. Now, here's a good example of how me, a female, I'm not really tooting my own horn, but I think that, yes, I have been a big part of that. Well, so this is an issue for women. So, you know, if somebody says to me, oh, I really like that purse that you have. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it at a discount. I got it like on a discount rack or something. (laughs) Right. Oh, that dress is so pretty. Oh, my God. I've I've been in my closet for 10 years. Yeah, I know. This whole thing. A lot of people, I know. 
we're always playing it down. And I think that that's, that's sort of a, a it, it's a common thing. And it's something that a lot of women do. And I wonder if you've experienced this. I mean, I just, we sort of just heard you doing it, right? Saying, hey, listen, I've moved the needle a little bit, or I hope I have. When I really think after 30 years, you've really moved the needle a lot. You've had people recognize you and your voice. They've been listeners forever in in other countries and other places. And so I yeah, think that's that, right. that, that is yeah. absolutely right. I have had an impact on a lot, on thousands and thousands of people. Now, does that mean that they're less bigoted and less prejudiced? I don't know. But the idea that they are part of the Phillips file family and that that part includes me and that they recognize that I am, I, for some of them, I may be the only Jewish person they know or the only successful female they know or the only you know, woman who has a strong opinion that they know. Although I don't think so because I think women have strong opinions, but I have the luxury of being able to express my opinion in a very public forum. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I do believe that, you know, I fall into it and I have to catch my, you know, double, you know, catch myself, uh, double check uh, and say, you know what, you have, you're right, you have moved the needle. Um, and in that case, I mean, I don't know if they're, they're less prejudiced because of my interaction with them, you know, on the radio or whatever, but I think that it may, that may be, that may be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're if, yeah. if some of our listeners are in central Florida and they have for some reason never listened to the Phillips file, how can they find that on the radio? Well, I don't know if they've been under a rock. Of course they've listened to the file. No, <laughs> if they're in central Florida and they haven't heard of us, I would be I would be very surprised. But it's 104.1 on FM. So if you're in central Florida and our signal, our terrestrial signal goes far, far, far. So it's almost up to Jacksonville. It's almost down to Vero Beach. I mean, it's, it's all the way almost across to Tampa. So it's, it's a wide broadcast signal. So 104.1 FM. And so that's, that's the first thing is they can listen that way. They can listen online. They can. Yeah. So the know, podcast going, online, where can they find that? Is it iHeartRadio? Yes, uh, it's realradio.fm, and then you can listen live. You can go to the podcast. I would look at realradio.fm first, and then, you know, the monsters are on in the morning, the news junkies on in the middle of the day, and then the Phillips file is 3 to 7. So we have a lot of people, you know, who listen who are from Central Florida, who were from Central Florida, who, you know, whose parents are from Central Florida, whatever. And yes, we have a ton of people who listen online. They listen at work. They listen through their phone. They, you know, there's a million ways to listen, but those would be the big two. The iHeart app, that's the other one I always forget. The iHeart Radio app, you can download the app for free and then listen on your app. So if that's easier for some people. Awesome. Yeah, I, I've listened to a few via podcast and we'll be listening to a lot more. So thank you so much for joining us on the Female Insight Zone today. Oh, thank you. Um, it was my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.